0: Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Gray's of various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 192 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am once again joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. What's up? Not much, not much. Just kind of, uh, we just started spring break, so that's a nice thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had my spring break, uh, last week, I think. And, you know, as a student, it's great, but as a, as an employee of the college that doesn't, you know, nothing stops there.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm lucky that this time, cause we, it is official. We
0: are going back to, um, to school in late April. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're going to have a little time to plan. I have a little time to plan over the the break. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and take some of this time to try and just recover because
1: it's been a year. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Are you, I mean, how are you feeling about that? Ready to go? Um, Yes and no. I mean, I'm going
0: to be excited to be on campus with students again, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't like the way it's happening. Right, um, right. The cool thing is, is that my principal was basically like a friend of hers said that her kid is a kindergartner. And was uh, coming home with a bunch of like drawings and paint, painting, finger painting and stuff like that. And the teacher sent home a, a letter that said, "Hey, you might see a lot of these like art projects and stuff, and that's okay because they have exactly two months to be kindergartners, right? So we're going to let them be kindergartners, right? Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. And so the my, my principal kind of said so." you've got like a month with these kids, have fun with them. That's and so, awesome. I, Yeah. So I feel like I have permission to kind of not worry so much about grades and just kind of more worry about mm-hmm. getting them
1: comfortable with one another and performing in front of each other. And- right. Right. It's going to be a process for them to be, you know, around their peers again. So that's awesome that hopefully more, more schools are taking that into consideration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, um, you, as you said, they're, um, they haven't been around their, their friends forever, but they also haven't been, we haven't been around our colleagues forever. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to know how to, uh, socialize. <laughs> yeah. Have uh, you met, have you met many of your colleagues?
1: Because this is your first year at this school.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't met most of my colleagues and, wow. um, but I have had like virtual meetings with them. Mm -hmm. And this last week we had a a visual and performing arts meeting and one of the art teachers goes, okay, so let's, let's talk about discipline. And the vice principal goes, well, what are you, what are you concerned about with discipline? And she's like, well, quite honestly, I'm I'm kind of afraid they're going to come back feral. I laughed so hard. She's like, "No, I." She goes, "It sounds funny, but I'm not trying to be funny." Like they haven't socialized for an entire year. Like they're going to be off the charts. Hmm. So I I think most of us are just like, "Eh, "Let them be off the charts. It'll be fine for almost exactly one month." I think we'll survive.
1: Yeah, right. That sounds like an experienced teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you did you get to do anything like? Extra geeky during the since you had like a spring break. Well, no, I'm just
0: starting my spring break, oh, so oh, okay. like literally, I did grades last week. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: that's what I did. Last <laughs> also, week. like an experienced teacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my 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 geekiness is a little bit um wanting right now. Mm. I, I I haven't even been. I even took two weeks off of rating In wow. And told my raid leader, I was like, "Hey, I've got too much stuff. I'll I'll catch up when mm-hmm. when we get back when I get into spring break." But I did get a new headset, um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of exciting. It it does have a microphone. I'm using my the microphone I've been using to record today, but at some point I have to try it out and see if it's you know usable because yeah. right now I have this huge um, arm with well you know you've got you've got it on your side too. It's just like in the way all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you usually use the stand for the microphone?
0: Um, I do. I have I have an arm for it, and um, because when I when I record my actual plays, uh, I have to take out all the excess noise. Mm-hmm. And like this, this one, I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. You, if you don't know this by now, I, I chop off the ends. And <laughs> I published this thing. Like, that's it. It takes me. I've gotten it down to like a 20 minute process. Um, but the actual play, there's like five or six tracks all overlaid on top of each other. So I have to go through and make it all clean so that nobody's talking over each other and mm-hmm. there's no extra uh, sound. Otherwise, it just gets overwhelming. Wow. And so um, I was looking at my recordings and I was making some of the most noise because anytime I touched the desk, my mic picked it up. And so I had to get an arm for my mic. So that way, mm. like it won't do that. So it's much better now, but <laughs> now I've got this arm in front of me. That's like, I
1: just, it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. I love the arm. <laughs> I have a big, I have a big, A light table industrial light table that I use as a desk and um because sometimes I need you know the the light table stuff for art yeah and the arm just I'm used to having a lamp like a table lamp connected one of those like artists lamps that is really posable connected to my table and I don't these days so this mic arm sort of takes the place of that and I'm just you know I'm just one of those things that I'm just used to it's almost like if I don't have a giant arm connected to my table I feel like something's missing (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so it there's works something out wrong great. here yeah no really yeah so it works out great um, and I don't I, you know what I hate Joe I hate taking everything out in order to do something and then putting everything back after I'm done I just don't do it
0: like that's like <laughs> if, if it drives Matt nuts he'll go well, well why is all this stuff out it's like well I'm going to use it again <laughs> Like making the bed, you're gonna get back in it tonight, like
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's, I, I, don't, I wonder if it's an art studio vibe. I don't know because you know, this is all part of like I've always had a section wherever I lived, whether even when I was young and I just had a bedroom, mm-hmm. I grew up with with my own bedroom, and I know that's you know, pretty not everyone gets to have that, and um, so I've, I'm accustomed to sort of, sort of setting up a space for myself the way I want it. And there's always been a space for me to do art, you know, whether right. it's it's a room, you know, growing up or in college or an apartment after that. And, it's, and every now and then, I, you know, it occurs to me that not everyone really has to think about that. <laughs> like when, <laughs> when I'm moving and I'm looking at a new apartment, one of the things that I'm looking for is, okay, where is my art studio going to go? Of course. You know, and um, someone someone pointed that out to me not too long ago. And I thought, oh, wow, my apartment would feel a lot bigger if I didn't have a space, like an art studio. It would actually be a pretty big apartment, you know, uh, for one person. But yeah, the art studio just has to go somewhere. So all of this stuff does have a place for sure. Uh, But if I could, I'd be just like you. I'd be like, no, it's just going to be out because I use it and that's that, you know? Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So no, it, it drives my, it drives mad nuts. So I try, we, 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 uh, I go in cycles where I'm really, really good about putting everything away and then really, really bad. And yeah,
1: um, you know, it just kind of rotates. <laughs> Aren't you? I mean, I feel like most nerdy people, we, we like to look over and see our stuff. <laughs> it's so right. Okay, so, yeah. I, in fact, I told like I, I, every, I'd say every
0: three or four months, I redo my desk area and I put <laughs> things in a way that I can, um, enjoy them. I put most of my collectibles away because Mm. I I have, I have parred down my collectibles considerably because I don't display them. Um, I am, I am waiting for us to have money. I keep saying the next piece of furniture we need is shelving. And he's like, "Oh, we've got all this other, we need a dining room table. We also need shelving so I can put my toys up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like how maybe, maybe Matt's uh, finding creative ways to put that off. <laughs> yeah, oh, he definitely is. He he
0: he. Kids on the square that he's not. He's kind of like, oh yeah, no, it, it, sure, as
1: soon as we can, but no. <laughs> oh, my friends make fun of me. I have a reputation, Joe, for 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 shelving weirdly. I have a reputation amongst my closest friends for apparently it's part of my nesting routine. <laughs> that anywhere I go, I'm not there for too long before I'm building shelving. So, nice. and, and I, ha- it's one of those things where once someone called me out on it, I went, oh shit, you're totally right on that. <laughs> I love building shelving and I build it from scratch so that it matches and, it, and it's the length and size and everything just, you know, exactly what I want. So uh, I'm looking over now at all the shelving that I've built in my studio to make it <laughs> functional. Uh, yeah. And, you know, part of, part of my stuff as a geek, I consider, is, are, are my books. Mm-hmm. So, like, my graphic novels, the, the few single-issue comic books that I still own, and a bunch of art books. So when you think about it that way, like, my stuff is all throughout my apartment because I look at, you know, in my living room area where I'm watching TV and eating and stuff, Um, there's those, that's where my bookshelves are and there's tons of books and I get to see them all the time and they're right there on display and I love it. Uh, I, I'd be super interested to hear what our listeners do with their stuff. Is it out on display? Is it not? Do you have like collectibles? Do you have books? Do you, do you pack them away for safekeeping? Do you, you know, do you ever bring them out of the package? Like, what do you do with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I still struggle with, do I open my pop figures or not? The only mm. ones I opened are my um, Scooby-Doo ones. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, when when I left the my last school, I took all my graphic novels back. And that's like, what are all these boxes? And I'm like, these are <laughs> the graphic novels that now have to find a place because I'm not taking them into a theater classroom. There's no purpose for them there. Oh, right, right. Well, so I'm like, so, so (laughs) he looks at the boxes, and I'm like,
1: and this is why we need shelves. (laughs) I'm like, Joe, you know, if you ever need to find a home for some of those, uh, I can build a shelf here. I'm already building a shelf right now, just since you said that shop is being built. I will
0: let you know, sir. I'm sure there's some that we can uh, trade oh, back and forth. <laughs>
1: I love, I love graphic novels. I love my graphic novels. Yes, absolutely. That was
0: that was one of the things you and I first bonded over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I love the fact that you posted like your Facebook memory that I, I don't remember what the context was, but apparently I called you a nerd at some point.
1: Yeah, I remember it was it was just a very uh, Just a very indictful, kind of judgy, and I mean that in a good way, coming from you, otherwise I wouldn't post it, obviously. Um, You know, just matter of fact sort of statement. I remember you looking at me going, you are such a nerd. And I thought, wow, (laughs) coming from Joe, that's my bona fides. That's my badge right there. Yeah, yeah. You must have have said something like, way nerdy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Totally. (laughs) Kind of wear like a badge of honor since then. Like that's right, this guy said I'm a nerd, so I must be. <laughs> oh. Well, since you got um, since you had break, did you actually
0: have um, time to get stuff geeky stuff done?
1: You know, I also had midterms, oh. and midterms kicked my ass this semester. I'm only taking two classes. I only had two midterms. One of them was a painting that was due. And I did have to do some catching up on that painting. I didn't realize until it was—I was trying to get it done. What an ambitious piece <laughs> it uh-huh. is that I started, uh, and that's something that I don't take to account. I know other art students do, and I never did. And and sometimes it results in a piece that's very ambitious and, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? impressive. Mm-hmm. and sometimes it bites you in the ass cuz it's oh, like yeah. why did i why did i go with a huge painting first of all and one that is is has four figures in it you know figures are hard to paint there's a lot going on there that you have to think about and this huge painting has four figures in it and a, an animal, and I'm just going, "What did I set myself up for here?" So <laughs> what I, spent, was I thinking? yeah. So I spent most of the week off of classes working on this painting, um, and I don't know, you know, how many artists artists out there are listening, but there's definitely a thing with art where the the closer you get to being done, the more it seems like you have to do. Uh-huh. Because once you start to really address all the little things, that's that honestly takes up like 60 to 70 percent of the time is, you know, you you can you can block everything in and it feels like you're getting a lot done. But once you sit down and go, OK, now I want now I need to finish this, that can go on and on and on and on. So it kind of feels like you're never you know, done like the, the goal, the finish line continues to move further and further away. So, I, I dealt with that, and then I had a presentation to give for my science of sight class. Which, yes, that's what artists it's kind of art, uh, science classes that artists take in art school is uh, <laughs> the science of sight, right? So, we're learning about vision, we're learning how our eyesight works, we're learning how our brain processes different um, images. And obviously, you know, a helpful thing to know for artists. So I had to give a presentation for that. And that just always, I'm one of those people that when I have a deadline on a project like that, it consumes my brain to where I get like fog brain if I'm trying to think or do anything else. Mm -hmm. And I just have this like low level running anxiety in the back of my brain until that project is done because I know I have Mm -hmm. to give a presentation. So that has been consuming me. I haven't really been... Spending time doing more geeky stuff besides, you know, obviously watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we're going to talk about and spoil today, uh, the first two episodes and uh, that, you know, watching movies. I will say this. It has begun. We we watched the great MCU rewatch has begun. Uh, we watched the, fr- uh, the first movie last night, which was uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. And watching somebody... Watch their first Marvel movie after having watched a bunch of DC movies was very interesting. What did she think? Here's the feedback that I got after immediately after the movie's over. Which, first of all, let me say, I mean my my girlfriend does is prone to crying, which I think is extremely endearing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And she was crying half an hour into Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, when he's when he's in the alley in his first fight saying I can do this all day and talking about how he just wants to go in and, and, and help and do his part, she was already uh, caught up. So I thought, yes, this is this, <laughs> is, <laughs> this, this is gonna reel her right in. Um, after the movie was over, I said, what you think she said that was really good. She said, "Here's the first thing she said. It was really easy to follow and easy to watch.
0: <laughs> nice. It's it's sad that that's the
1: the standard that we are um, going with, but <laughs> no, exactly right. I thought, oh, I I thought it was going to be like, oh, it was. It felt so wholesome, or um." I don't know, like I was really invested in the character or something that, you know, I feel like as a, as a comic book fan, those are the things that I, that draw me to Marvel more than DC. Right. But no, it was someone who doesn't have any of that connection whatsoever. It was like, wow, this is a really easy, fun, enjoyable watch. <laughs> so there you go. Right. And, and she also said, I wasn't filled with anxiety the whole time. Like I am with DC movies. And I said, oh, do, do you mean like the peril that the characters are in and, and you you don't feel that? And she was like, I don't know. No, I it just I don't know. It just it, it was it was enjoyable. Like it was just fun. And I said, that's Marvel. <laughs> that's mar- it's just fun. That's you know, it's not about, you know, taking you on this like really anxious <laughs> like, you, you know you you love the characters and you enjoy them and you enjoy watching them and you just want to spend time with them right right like it's not yeah there's there's no edge lordiness <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's it
0: says something like that i think is the best feedback that's the stuff that that dc should be listening to because if you have got people who are introduced to them first, and then mm-hmm. afterwards go. Oh my God, this is so much better! It's mm-hmm.
1: you know you can't say oh well you're just comparing us to Marvel, right? Right, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves as the movies evolve because everyone knows that is familiar with MCU. Captain America, the first film was kind of a kind of an off one,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: right? And because because they 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 were worried about introducing this character and how are they were going to do it and making sure that, you know, they, they, they introduce him in the right way. Uh, are people going to embrace someone who wears a flag, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, and, and just the fact that it takes place, you know, when it does during World War II, it's, it's, it's an odd one. I would say, I did say to her that this one and one other one, I didn't say which one, but in my mind, it's Thor, the first Thor movie, they're Mm kind of more cheesy than, than what we come to know as the Marvel brand. Right. So, so it'll be interesting. We're we're going on to uh, Iron Man next. So,
0: I, I gotta say, I'm just I'm envious of her right now to be able to go <laughs> right? back and watch those things for the first time. Right, like, oh, so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 happy. I think we're gonna do Iron Man today, and and I really wanted to do Captain America and Iron Man together first, mm-hmm. uh, in order to really set up the two pillars that you know make up. The the really the the major characters and and um, character relationship of of the Infinity Saga.
0: So you're not really doing it in chronological order. You're doing it in ray ray order.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm doing it in because um, I guess next would be Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and I thought about that, but I again I I might. Do it chronologically going forward, but first and foremost, I think she has to meet Captain America and Iron Man, right? And then
0: that that makes sense to me. I I I understand that decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but I am having to skip. Uh, like for Captain America, at the very end credits of Captain America, they give an Avengers preview. Oh, right. So I skipped that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do this yet. <laughs> she, she doesn't know. She doesn't know who the Avengers are. She doesn't know that's coming. She has no clue.
0: That's crazy.
1: I know it's fun. Uh, so yeah, that was my geekiness for this week. It was last night, and it was very enjoyable. And I got to, to get up early and do some more um, research on and preparation for our conversation today about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and. Uh, Joe, the reason I was a little late this morning is because for the first time, I've had to worry about spoilers.
0: Um, how? What do you mean?
1: Well, because she now knows who Captain America is and she oh. started to follow the story and she's oh. here and I'm, I'm watching videos and I'm taking notes and she I kinda see her start watching the TV and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> like no. Be on <laughs> go away <laughs> So I had to switch everything up and come over here and do my do my note taking and research with my headphones on. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) I was like, Oh yeah. Like you, you could totally, you know, they're talking about even now, like she's in the other room, uh, you know, doing her thing, watching TV, whatever. But, um, like we're talking about Bucky, we're talking about, you know, uh, um, sam taking on the shield we're talking like Mm -hmm. we're so it's like i'm like oh shit we're talking about introducing (laughs) the new captain america and she's like wait what what's going on what happens i'm like oh no nothing (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. yeah so the logistics no attention
0: (laughs) to the men behind the curtain
1: (laughs) the logistics i'm gonna have to figure that out at some point so i'm not thrown (laughs) off by it like i was this morning okay well (laughs)
0: Well, we'll, we will do our best to, if we start talking in code, it just means that somebody is in the room (laughs) (laughs) that should not be in the room. It'll be okay. We'll We'll get through it. That's funny. All right. We'll be right back, and then we will talk about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. And so we are two episodes into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
1: What are you thinking, Ray? That's a very good question. I I have to say, I was watching, I've been watching and enjoying. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until this morning that I really asked myself, what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> how's, this, how's this landing so far? I just sort of been taking it in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, maybe because I've been busy with other stuff or whatnot. Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm liking it. I'm not loving it, but I'm liking it. There are some things that I really like about it. And there's just some things that didn't really come to the forefront for me until this morning that I've started to, you know, really inspect my reaction Mm -hmm. that I realized that there's a couple things that just take me out of it. And I hope that those things are addressed. Uh, I will also say that. Pretty much exactly where I was at the beginning of WandaVision, <laughs> where after the first two episodes, I was not very pleased. Uh, I would say even I was I was less pleased with the first you know uh, two to three episodes of WandaVision than I am with with Falcon Falcon and Winter Soldier. As far as the beginning goes, I'm enjoying this more than I enjoyed the beginning of WandaVision.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree, and I I mean again I think for me it was more because I was watching it with Matt, and he was like I, I'm not buying into this. <laughs> um, so I think that, I think I would have been able to be like, yeah, you know, this is, doesn't bother me as much, but it was that anxiety of the person you're watching it with is not enjoying it either. And right.
1: It's kind of right. compounds it. Right. Uh, it really does feel more like the MCU though. And it, it just really makes me look at WandaVision and go, wow, they really took a big swing with that. It paid off thankfully, but wow. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Disney Plus material we got, right? Right, which makes sense now that you see it all,
0: because it's kind of like, oh, this gives you that action you're kind of craving
1: when you look at Marvel, yes.
0: and then yes. you you didn't get that until way late in
1: Wandavision. Yeah, and considering that it has been a minute since we've gotten a, a Marvel movie, a proper Marvel movie. Uh, shout out to Black Widow. Um, which we still haven't gotten. <laughs> Which and it's still being delayed. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it did did they say that it's gonna it's gonna stream? They did, it, right?
0: Yeah, it's gonna stream and it's gonna um release in the movies. I still wanna see it in the movies because I feel like that's the way you should be seeing it. Even if it's drive in, I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna go, I think.
1: Um, so if if everything had gone according to plan, we would have gotten Black Widow. We would have gotten Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we would have gotten WandaVision. So by the time WandaVision's first few episodes came around, and they originally wanted to release the first three episodes of WandaVision together. Mm-hmm. Because it's a third episode where Monica gets expelled from the Hex, and we start to see this outside, what's going on outside of the Hex. Right. Uh, and so taking all that into account, it Probably would have been a way different experience instead of missing Black Widow, not getting Falcon Winter Soldier, and only getting the first two episodes of WandaVision, you know, our first Marvel in a long time. And, and it's this kind of weird take. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, considering all that, I'm enjoying this show so far. Uh, it is only six episodes. Right. It's going to be relatively short compared to WandaVision. Yeah. So we're almost halfway through already. Yeah. Uh, it's meant to take place six months after Endgame, whereas Wandavision took place a couple weeks after Endgame. Right. Um, so all of that to me is interesting because I'm wondering how does this fit with Wandavision? Is, is there any there's there's probably not gonna be any mention whatsoever about what happened in Westview. Mm-mm. Right. Um even though Sam is working with the Air Force, and I think some military division, you know, sort is is some some kind of military division. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how the post Endgame timeline is going to be rolled out because I believe the next Spider-Man movie is is also going to be taking place uh, after both of these shows, and I very hopefully they do make some mention of one or both of them. Right.
0: Yeah. I. It, it's going to be. It's interesting how it's all kind of falling into place but it's we're so we're so in the dark as to how it, it works together until it's there. Like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of orient yourself until you go online and go okay where does this take place and how does this fit in and obviously they they must not know about Wanda because right. that that would not have i I think that would have been a much bigger deal if they had known about it. I think that's probably been, been contained in in that small little area. Yeah. Of, of the military.
1: It, it does feel like with with this sort of um, format, the television format, Marvel is able to say, yes, we're going to give you a little bit of action. But this is, if you thought our movies were character based, mm-hmm. nah, like, yeah. <laughs> like these television shows are really about the character interactions and just what's going on in their personal lives. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, we, the first thing, almost like one of the first things that happens is Sam gives up the shield. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're led to believe it's because he doesn't feel worthy, right? Like he just doesn't feel right. He doesn't, even though Cap sort of, you know, gave him his blessing, literally handing him the shield. He's he, uh, and it seemed like at the end of the game, he said, Oh, it feels, you know, and he, he, I think he even says, like, it feels weird or it doesn't feel right. And he goes, It, it will. Uh, it feel, but are seeing it that, it feels process. like it belongs to someone else. Is, it, right, is that the right. line? Yeah. yeah. So we're seeing that. We're seeing that he really did feel that way and he still feels that way. Uh, but then as soon as he gives it up, we see that they give it to someone else and he's like, Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. He, like, <laughs> He, he, I I think it was Bucky who was like, how could you not know that that's what they were going to do? Like, right. and, he, and you do kind of have to think, you know, you, you know, you have been imprisoned by the government for doing, you know, for going rogue already. Like, how do you yeah. not know that this is what they're not, you know, this is what they're going to do.
1: Even Rhodey shows up mm-hmm. at the beginning of the first episode to basically say, what the hell's wrong with you? Okay, you sure you
0: want to do this? Like- yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. But we also see some people in the government that are very happy that Sam gave the shield back. Yeah, and one guy walks up and says, "You did the right thing," and we're like, "Oh, what?" Like, okay, there's some people very clearly did not want <laughs> Sam to be the you know Captain America symbol going forward. I, I forgot who said
0: it. I don't remember if it was a listener or somebody on one of the YouTube videos I've watched during um, WandaVision. But somebody said, so basically, anytime we get an old white guy, don't <laughs> trust anything they have to say. Like That is basically what we are going into right. uh, this <laughs> these series with. If it's an old white guy,
1: <laughs> don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh Marvel's Marvel's like, okay, we got the casting call for these characters <laughs> pretty, pretty well situated going forward. Um and I mean, we are seeing a, a, a div- again a, just like WandaVision a diverse cast uh mm-hmm. with the the leader of the Flag Smashers. Do you have any do you any awareness of the character that this group is based on in the comics called that was just the flag smasher yes in fact the the
0: the main woman that is the character we're following in the flag Car- smasher carly. carly carly um is named after the the main character from you know that flag smasher character in the comics
1: oh okay so and
0: well, so either it's um, they're they're making her a um, you know just a female version of him, or she's his daughter. But it's there's definitely it's definitely related to the characters.
1: Oh, okay. And was he just like a Captain America villain? Um, yeah, I think I think it was Captain America. He was,
0: uh, I think it was all about you know getting bringing down governments. It, that okay. that was basically his thing is is kind of creating anarchy and when you think of it from the point of view of that time era when this kind of stuff was being released it was all very pro-america and so obviously anybody who wants to kind of break the system is up to no good
1: right right it's really interesting how they're kind of admitting in this in this series so far that that's a very um desirable thing concept for a lot of people nowadays.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting how they're using the snap as a way to create a disenfranchised um, group of people. Yeah. That's a little bit more universal than a particular country's citizens or contic- a particular race. Like they're, yeah. they're trying, I mean, you know, I think they're trying to do it in a way that doesn't alienate anybody, but also mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, also gets their point across about like refugees and, and privilege. And it just deals with a lot of this stuff in a very interesting way.
1: Yeah. Uh, that so far is the thing that it takes me out of the show the most. That uh, it feels very ham fisted to me, <laughs> the way they're doing the way they're, they're trying to set up this, this factions motivations
0: is it just the the faction itself or is it the the kind of social
1: issue awareness which is taking you out of it um well i like i like the idea that you know the fact that half of the world's population disappeared for 5 years and then came back is not just an easily solvable kind of occurrence, yeah. right? It's not like everything would just kind of like fit back, you know, seamlessly. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. It's yeah, a it's major a problem. problem. Yes. And that's and I and yes, that that's I mean, rife with story possibilities. Awesome that they're digging into that. Um, but the idea, it just so far this this particular group, the flag smashers, it, to me so far, it feels like a hodgepodge of concepts that uh, people that are not really engaged politically just sort of see as bad people. You know, it's just like, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. they, you know, they, uh, they don't, they, they want a unified world with no borders. And also they, they are, are. Uh perturbed at that that the the people that that disappeared and came back seem to be getting more attention and assistance than the people that have been here all along, but also they want a unify one world, one people, or whatever it is they say. It just seems like a bunch of conflicting ideas that aren't really well laid out. And I think that's how people a lot of people see stuff like the antifa you know movement and people that don't want borders like myself i think they just kind of see it as like a like a bunch of contradictory violent you know like Mm -hmm. like 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 beliefs and that's not at all what it is so it just it takes me out every time because i'm like ugh, like but do you think do you think that that's kind of what their point is is that they're trying to present
0: it in a way that they feel the average non-politically involved person sees these issues. And then when you get Sam and this woman in the same room together to talk, the complexity
1: of the issue comes out. Maybe. Um, we'll see if that's what happens. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I guess that's giving it more faith than I have in it right now. When, okay. In the way me- media in the way popular media engages with these ideas. Right. Um but uh yeah i don't know i see it as a caricature and usually caricatures aren't introduced in order to bring better awareness <laughs> and understanding you know what i mean Cari- mm-hmm. caricatures are usually introduced in order to to create a simple story device that they can use to further their own interest their own story
0: yeah well and maybe the i'm
1: characters giving it much- really
0: yeah maybe i'm i'm giving it too much credit but I I think it feel it feels like to me that they're kind of setting them up to be. Um, I don't think the flag smashers are going to be the ultimate bad guys, right? Right. I think it's going to be the power that. brokers, and it's going to be. Um, it's going to be to some extent again the
1: government. Okay. Okay. And Zemo, maybe or no. Um, Zemo's so interesting, man, because he's. I love the way they use him so far. Yeah. I think what, I think what it's going to end up
0: being is a way for him to get out and get his own stuff going. I don't know that he's going to be featured in this as much as we think he might be. I could be completely wrong on that one, but I I have a feeling it's going to be like, we remind everybody who he is and how he fits into the Marvel universe And then we get some information from him. And in the process, he escapes
1: and gets out so that he can be going and doing more sinister things down the road. I love Zemo as the Hannibal Lecter of the MCU. Yeah. And if you really think about it, after Thanos, he's probably been the villain that has done the most damage In the MCU. And he doesn't have infinity stones. He doesn't have powers at all. He's just fucking brilliant and that's terrifying. He's
0: brilliant and he's racist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those are his powers. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, So I love how they're using that character so far. Um, I don't like I said I don't fully get like the Flag Smashers yet. Hopefully uh, you know I don't have a lot of faith but hopefully that they kind of give give that group some more so you know some more clarity there uh do mm-hmm. they use an app is that how they crowdsource their, <laughs> their 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 uh um i don't know their missions honestly uh, i think weird. it's kind of like i think it's kind of like the social medias
0: that that you know coordinated the the capital
1: march and raid and okay that. so so they do have an app or did they create their own uh AR AR filter that they use, because it seems like Torres is like using his phone to find a hidden stamp or something in different places, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think it is. I think it's it's some sort of app or social media, something that helps you stay in contact with each other in this organization. And I mean, there are, um, when all this stuff happened at the Capitol building, the... There's this guy who I don't remember his name, but there's this guy who came on the news and he's basically, his job is to monitor all of the social media and like Reddit and 4chan and all these message boards and kind of follow um, domestic terrorist cells and what they're up to. And, you know, Mm. and, and he, he did a whole interview on how it's really been like, heightened activity on all of
1: these sites so i have a feeling it's kind of supposed to mirror that general okay. process i mean who knows when they were making this if that was even a thing <laughs> right, right, like art, art imitating life mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and then i guess i had like so in in the second episode they're stealing medicine in munich right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To, to, I guess, redistribute it to the people that they think should have access to the medicine, which is the people that never uh, disappeared and came back. Is that what it is? I thought they were, I thought the
0: disenfranchised people were the people who returned. I didn't like it, like the people who were there beforehand uh, were the ones that are you know, they've found a way to establish themselves in those last five years that there's
1: really no place for these people that keep coming back that have come no, I, I I could be wrong. Listeners, someone's screaming at the, at the podcast right now, but I, I could have sworn that they said it, they feel that, uh, we're giving too much assistance and do with the global repatriation council and all that we're giving too much assistance to the people that came back. And, and the people that have been here all along are the ones that are being kind of left out in the in the dark or in the you know just left it
0: maybe because i do remember something about people feeling like it was better when there were exactly
1: fewer people you're right you're right they wanted to go back to how it was now now here's another thing that's confusing they keep saying before the blip during the blip after the blip which blip like there was Mm -hmm. like there was a blip and then people were gone for five years and then was a blip and they came back so when they say the blip what are they talking about? Which the, you know the blip is the five years. Okay, the blip is not them c- when they came back. That wasn't the blip?
0: No, the blip is the five years. The okay. snaps are the are the beginning and end of the blip.
1: Right. So they're saying it was bet things were better during before the blip or during the blip. During the blip. So it was better. So Thanos was right. It was better with half the population gone. Yeah and that's what we we want to go back to how things were at that point but and and here's another thing both WandaVision and this show are alluding to how it was during that time and we really don't know we haven't seen it we skipped that 5 years but apparently shit went down yeah yeah <laughs> right because even um who was it uh who who's the the villainous government white dude in in WandaVision um Hayward uh, yeah Hayward he says you don't know what it was like you don't know what went down and even in 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier so far we're getting a little bit of that as well so what what happened i hope i hope they get into it
0: yeah, i i would i would watch that movie <laughs> right i would very much watch that movie
1: like what happened like how you know they had to work so hard to keep things together and you know everything was chaos i guess and then when everyone came back i mean it, it, with everyone coming back, you know, it is it is having those ramifications, as we said. Uh, we see a little bit of that with Sam in Louisiana uh, reconnecting with his sister and his family and they have money issues and the whole, you know, how do Avengers make money thing question is asked, which I love because they're, you know, they're they're trying to to really give concrete answers to some of these questions that maybe the comics just kind of gloss over with a simple, oh, you know, Tony Stark is a millionaire or whatever. Um, so I like that part of it, but so far the answers are not really satisfying. Like, I really think like, it, you know, there's multiple people that Sam could reach out to <laughs> that would, that would, ha- that would make this not even be an issue. So I, it just feels like kind of a ham fisted plot contrivance so far.
0: But, but would, I mean, would, would Sam reach out to those people? Like t- to me, it's like, would, I mean, I don't see him going to, to pepper pots and going, Hey, can, can, can you give me a loan? Like, it, it just seems like it's very um, like there's, there's a pride to that, that, you know, he, he wants to, to
1: not rely on that kind of stuff. To right to, to the, I guess if he doesn't want to rely on any help in that way to the point of Losing the family boat that he clearly, clearly has a lot invested in mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. I guess that could say something about his character. I mean, kind of. That's a lot of pride. That's a lot. That's a lot of right.
0: Yes and no. I mean, I think. I mean, I know a lot of people in real life that that will to the de- to their own detriment not ask for help. Like that's, they, they can do it themselves. And if they don't do it themselves, then they have failed. And it says something deep about their character. If they are not able
1: to pull themselves out of it. Right. Right. I could see that. I could definitely see that in Sam.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of the, I think it all kind of goes into the whole reason why he's not with the, he doesn't want to keep the shield. It's because Mm -hmm. it's not something he's built or done. It's, it's, taking
1: something from somebody else. It's like a handout. Right. Right. Okay. I, I, if that's the case, I really hope that they, they dig into that in, in the next, you know, three episodes Mm -hmm. or, or, or four episodes. Um, it also makes me wonder because it, it was the, something about the loans that had to change. Right. It, uh, because when people came back, it was a mess. Yeah. And so they made it harder basically to get a loan, even though he's, a veteran which still doesn't make sense like that that (laughs) i've i've come across posts by veterans on twitter that are saying no no like he, he could do this or this or this like there's you know this doesn't really seem like a real problem or they should be doing a better job here of making this a problem so far it also makes me wonder how the fuck did vision buy a house for wanda well, that was that was way that was before
0: that was before the the whole Infinity War thing because he was
1: obviously dead by the time the blip happened. Okay, so then how still <laughs> did he? He has no problem asking Pepper Pots for money. No, because I think at that point they were big.
0: Well, it, if you if you go back to the comic books, it changes throughout the iterations of the Avengers. There's sometimes some times when the Avengers are actually being paid by the government. There's sometimes that the Avengers are being paid by Tony Stark, mm-hmm. or there's sometimes that Tony Stark has set up a separate foundation for Avengers income. I think at some point, it's like if you've ever been an Avenger, you get like a, an Avengers pension. Mm-hmm. Like there's it, – but it's – they always – there's been times where yes, the Avengers have no money. Like one of the concerns in the comic book is that their source of funding is gone. Yeah. Because either Tony's not part of it anymore or something's happened and they have to go rogue and they have no money. So this is, this is not unlike what happens in the comic books where their funding sources change depending on what the roster looks like, who's employing them, what their government restrictions are. Um, And so I think probably right
1: now without, an official i mean there's no official avengers right now right right they've disbanded and kind of gone their separate ways
0: yeah so you know just being like basically my understanding is is that sam is a is a i don't i don't even know that he's actually part of the military it's almost like he's a consultant or a contractor he's not i don't think i mean he's an assassin
1: it seems like.
0: yeah he, he's he's a he's a mercenary he's not a he's not a, a legal military person right but he probably gets paid for that yes a but lot a lot of money but I would assume only when jobs are finished and if this yeah. is only a couple months after six after months. he yeah if this is six months after he's been back how many how
1: many jobs has he been able to do I guess what I'm saying is for me if you want me to be believe and buy into the day-to-day reality of this world in a way that that's more uh substantial than what the movies dealt into then these things need to be addressed in some way give it some lip service because it honestly keeps taking me out of the show (laughs) like you're not just gonna say you know you're not just gonna say that sam and his family are gonna lose what they have without answering some of the things that you've described the comics have answered okay do they get a pension do they like it's never been addressed so at least give it something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. otherwise you're asking me to look in places where i'm gonna look now and now you're not gonna give me answers i'm gonna be like what the hell this is starting to fall apart you know yeah i can see that Uh, So those are the things, you know, that, that so far have taken me out, uh, that and the flag smashers. Uh, I love the idea of the flag smashers. Their masks look hella cool. I love their hand with the globe logo. Um, that's great. I love that. They're all super soldiers and Sam and Bucky are like, what the hell? Like why, why Why are there? there (laughs) Yeah. Freaking them out. Rightfully so. Um, it seems like Sam has gotten really good with with the wing combat because holy crap! That opening uh, sequence is kind of awesome. Oh my god! Yes, I even I looked into it, and apparently the same some of the same stunt and action people that work on the movies are working on the show, and you can tell. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And and it's also. Pretty violent um, it, when you realize, oh, that guy just died. Oh, that guy just died. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is some serious shit. These missions that Sam is going on, and you see how he's using the wings in new ways. Um, and it's it was it was pretty uh, striking to, to start the show. I was like,
0: fuck. Yeah. No, I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool, and it will be interesting because the. Um the guy that he's talking to at the beginning, um, what's his name? The the military guy, um, Torres. Torres. Um, in the comic books, I don't know if this is spoilers for anybody. Potential spoilers. Um, he actually is the Falcon for a while. Oh really? Oh yeah. Like, and he gets his power. Like, he's not. He's not a. I'm going to wear the wings, Falcon. He is the. I'm going to get superpowers from the power broker, Falcon. What? And he gets like all mutated and stuff. So what? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's super cool. Who the hell is the power broker? Okay, so the power broker is basically <laughs> this guy, and I think in this case they're they're the organization, it's not just a guy, or it may be a guy with an organization, but he he basically gives out superpowers. Like he's a scientist or he has scientists that work for work towards giving people superpowers for all sorts of reasons. Like he, he, he does government contracts. He does. Um, I think he, I was actually thinking about this in the, show, the shower thoughts for the other day yep. <laughs> where, um, you know, I'm pretty sure the power broker created the superhero wrestling team that the thing was on for a while. Um, oh Wow. I forget what they're called, but there is a, in the Marvel Universe, you know, there's a canon wrestling team that <laughs> is, or a wrestling league, a federation of wrestlers that are super powered. And a lot of them get
1: their powers from the Power Broker. Wow. Okay. One, I was really hoping that your immediate answer would be he's Mephisto in the comics. Uh, <laughs> two, so that makes me wonder if that's where the, the, the Flag Smashers got their super soldier powers from. But he also texts and threatens the leader at the end of one of the episodes where he says, you stole what was mine and I'm I'm going to get it back or I'm coming for you or something. Right. Yeah. So I think either what happened was they got their powers, but they owe
0: him something and they never paid it back. Mm. Or they got their powers, like he gave them their powers for his own reasons, but then they stole whatever the process is and gave more people powers.
1: Okay. So I've got lots of notes here, but I want to keep talking about these power sets because uh, clearly the power broker – that makes so much sense now. And I, I didn't know his history in the comics of, of that character. So that's super interesting. Um, we also, we know that the government has been trying to replicate the super soldier serum ever since Steve first successfully completed the program. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was really cool to, to re experience last night when I rewatched uh, the first captain America film. And so they they even have a scene in that movie, Joe, where they take a bunch of his blood and he's sitting there and he's like, do you think you guys got enough? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're right away because the doctor has just died mm-hmm. and they're right away concerned with how do we do this again? Because it was supposed to be an army of super soldiers and instead they only got Steve Rogers.
0: Right. Well, and that's one of the big um, what ifs is what
1: if that, that program was actually – Successful, Successful. Right. And it, it was right. not good. <laughs> and <laughs> it was so not good. what I'm hoping for as a fan is that this short series gives us the the genesis of the weapons plus program. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love that. And, and my original thought was, well, that's where the flag smashers got their powers, not from a power broker before I knew what his deal was, but from general Ross or somebody, Experiment doing experiments and you know, try still trying to come up with an army of super soldiers, except this group went rogue. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. Um, but we also have to talk about Isaiah Bradley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are your notes on Isaiah Bradley?
0: Well, um, my what I know about Isaiah Bradley was he was a basically the second Captain America. Um, after Steve Rogers goes down. Yeah. After Steve Rogers yeah. goes down and they think he's dead. Um, yes. So like in the, the fifties, I guess. And um, so they experimented on him, gave him the super soldier serum somehow. And he probably was,
1: based off of Steve's blood.
0: Yeah. And he was, he was captain America. Um, and then he did his thing and then they
1: put him in prison. They basically tried to wipe history books of his existence right he fought hydra for 30 years mhm and he had run ins with the winter soldier which is awesome yes god i would give it anything to see that <laughs> that fight that him and bucky allude to
0: mhm mhm yeah no it sounds like it's a really like there's so much they're creating so much history that would be just fun to go back and watch between the blip yes. and and you know um isaiah bradley's run as Captain America, which I would yes. watch that movie. That would be incredible. Oh, um, hell yeah. Unfortunately, it would not end in a happy way at all. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was that, the, that story came about when they were creating the new Avengers, because that is the backstory for Eli Bradley, who is, I forget which, what type of name he takes on to be like, is it kid America or, mm. I don't remember, but he was basically the, um, the Captain America analog
1: in the Young Avengers. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I did see someone point out that, uh, what's that character's name in the Young Avengers?
0: Uh, I'm looking up his, his superhero name. His, his real name is, um, Eli Bradley, Elijah Bradley. Oh, right. um, he went as both uh, Lieutenant America and Patriot, but I think he Patriot. started out as Patriot.
1: Right, and and you're saying we meet him when they go to Isaiah Bradley's house, right?
0: Yeah, and he is he is credited as being Eli Bradley. That's so cool. Yeah, so um, so that is now another
1: new mutant or not new mutant, um, young Avenger that has been introduced into the Marvel universe. And I've, I've seen people talk about and give reference to Isaiah Bradley's uh, origin and saying that it's it's really powerful and hoping that we get to see some of that in this series. This is a short series, so I'm wondering, you know, how much they're going to get to fit in. Uh, that would be really cool, though. Shout out to Tony Brooms, who who made that comment on in a Facebook group that I'm part of. Uh, so... We have a lot of super soldiers <laughs> in this <laughs> show so far. We really do, because now
0: there's also there's also some theorizing that both the new Captain America, John Walker, and um, Battlestar Battlestar Battle are
1: super soldiers, or are going to become super soldiers pretty darn quick. Right, because they also get their has their asses handed to them <laughs> by the flag smashers.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to be kind of this whole I can't do my job unless I'm powerful and that
1: the power that power is not going to they're not gonna be able to handle that power well right right uh god so much potential for this series uh how do you what are your notes on uh, i keep calling him u.s agent maybe Mm -hmm, i'm jumping mm -hmm. the gun a little bit (laughs) but what what are your thoughts on john walker so far i i I like
0: the fact that he's not just (laughs) like the fact he's not just an asshole. Because yeah, in a lot of in a lot of iterations, John Walker's just an asshole. Like he's just not a he's he's like everything negative about the military. Like he's, he's a just, toxic patriot. Yeah, he's a toxic patriot, and and I like this idea that that's not what he's setting out to be. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that I think that's realistic. I think I think part of the problem with patriotism is that it doesn't necessarily come from an inherently negative place. It's just how you, it's the same thing with religion. It's, it's how you approach it and what you do with it and, and how you let it define you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the, the, I think, I think having him start as somebody who really wants to do good is preparing him for a very tragic fall. Right. Right
1: right yeah i i like that as well i like that we're showing that he really does have the best intentions to begin with now whether or not it stays that way or where he goes from there i think it gives so much dimension to the character Mm -hmm. um okay i
0: well he. i'm sorry i'm gonna just it also i mean it's a big a big tell where it's basically he's already putting in that idea
1: that if you're not with us you're against us that's so true that's what he does. He does low key threaten uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier at the end. Where he is just stay out of my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen in <laughs> my life. <laughs>
0: uh, he looks. Uh, his face does not fit the Captain America helmet well.
1: <laughs> Have you seen the images of uh, the the old man from the Pixar movie Up in the in the in the captain america costume they didn't they did and it is glorious that oh my is- <laughs> god that's brilliant <laughs> i'm gonna be sharing that on the slack as soon as this is over so anyone listening now if you haven't seen it already check yeah, out. he, he just he doesn't have he doesn't have the the jaw structure for that helmet <laughs> right right he's also kurt russell's son i didn't know that is he really yep wyatt russell that that I, I see it now. Is it is right? It, Immediately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> yes. And, and honestly, it kind of, if he, if he is anything like his father performance wise, it's, it's a good character. It's going to fit him can, well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and apparently in, in most of the, whatever else he's done before this, that he's more primarily known for, he's always had facial hair.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: people keep saying, remarking that, that it's odd to see him without facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about uh, Bucky and his, and therapy. I, I like the therapist a lot. Right.
0: I, I think she's great. Like as somebody who has gone through a considerable amount of therapy, um, I, I love when therapists are not um, like when they're just straight, straight shooters. Like when, when they don't let you get away with stuff and they're like, yeah. no, 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 that's not how, that's not how life works. Yeah. A
1: therapist, that's a step ahead of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They keep you on your toes and don't let you get away. Don't let you yeah. get away with stuff. Yeah. I kind of got right away from Bucky as we were watching him sort of, I mean, I feel like it's, it's probably like a post. It, it, it's not just PTSD, but it's combined with this depression of knowing that like, he He's now he's now the adventures are over. <laughs> right? Now he's gotta deal with mm-hmm. his own actions. Now that he's been kind of switched back on, at least his his real self, his real mind, and he's he's back, you know, in control of that for good, it seems like. He's he's gotta now wrestle with all the shit that he did.
0: Well, and I love the fact that they're not just like, well, he did this, but he was being brainwashed, so you know it doesn't count no i mean there are ramifications and that's what makes it even that more tragic is that yeah he it's it's not like he had any control over this he he was a basically a Manchurian candidate he but he still remembers everything which is so fucked up yeah yeah um and so i think it's really cool because i mean like it's kind of what we said with Wanda like did she mean to hold all these people captive and torture them? No. Does she still hold the responsibility for doing it? Yes.
1: Right, right. And when we meet Bucky in the first uh, therapy session, he we learn that he has been isolating himself mm-hmm. uh, and he's you know ignoring Sam's texts, right? Mm -hmm. And so when he sort of goes to the, to the air force base that Sam uh, runs his missions out of to confront him about giving up the shield, part of me was also at that, at that, in that scene going like, okay, is he here to confront Sam or is he here reaching out for help? Like some kind of connection Mm -hmm. under the guise of like, Hey, you idiot, what are you doing? Giving the shield up. Didn't you know this was going to happen? Right. Right. So, so the fact that he sort of includes himself on Sam's mission that he's about to go on is another (laughs) form of like, Hey, I don't want to be alone. Like, let let me, you know, I, I I need this.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's a, there's a lot of depth to all of these characters, which is
1: really Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We see his list of people that he's, I, I wouldn't say he's, um, Someone kept, one of the videos that I watched kept referring to, he's making amends. I'm like, no, no, he's not. He's, (laughs) he's, he's trying to, to the best of his ability, correct some of the, what he feels are mistakes from his, his past actions. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, he's not making amends with that Senator. He's getting her arrested (laughs) right? (laughs) because she's a Hydra agent. So, (laughs) you know, maybe for him internally, there's some, there's some healing there, Mm -hmm. but he's not reaching out to that. (laughs) To that senator to apologize and make amends. No, no, not at all. And we see Zemo on that list. Yes, which is going to, I think,
0: come to fruition in this next episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got pretty much right away, I I understood that he was spending time with the father of one of his victims. Did you or did that come as a a surprise reveal for you?
0: No, I kind of saw that, especially after – the opening sequence with him uh, as yeah. soon as I saw that, you know, yeah, I, I knew that that was the father.
1: Yeah. I wonder what Bucky's feelings are about Sam giving up the shield and having it go to someone else, no, probably knowing on some level that if Sam wasn't going to have the shield and maybe Bucky should. I, I think there might be some of that. And then maybe this idea that it would redeem him somehow. Right. Oh my God. If he was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me. Yeah. That was a really powerful line. That was Good a really, really powerful line. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I also, I just love the, uh, I'll go ahead and call it chemistry between Sam and Bucky.
0: Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to, this is where I get into my complaint over the series and I, and it kills me that this is my complaint. Um, the whole reason why I was excited about this series is because of their chemistry like it is so fun to watch but because of that when they're supposed to be mad and frustrated with each other I don't buy it at all oh like I don't buy it at all and it it, it makes me sad because it's kind of like their, their chemistry is so good and they're having so much fun doing this that those quiet moments where they're supposed to be frustrated with each other it, it's like it's like buddies who are frustrated who who pretend like they're frustrated with each other because they're pulling each other's chain.
1: Like it's hard to take oh, seriously. As opposed to see, I read it as like siblings of like I'm mad at you, but I still love you.
0: Yeah, see, I don't think it's supposed to be that though. I think it's supposed to be like at least that right now. You're pissing me off. I'm frustrated with you. I'm, uh, you know, you know, God, you're so infuriating. You know it's there's not an endearing quality in those scenes. Like there's not supposed to be the biggest one was, was Sam storming out of the therapy session. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like he had gotten the stakes high enough that storming out was worth it. Like,
1: yeah. Was it, doesn't he say like, we will do this mission. We'll do what we need to do. And then we'll never talk again or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, that was a big leap
1: from where did that come from? I agree with that. That did see, I forgot about that line. That did seem kind of like, eh, really you're going to talk. That's not true. Like you're not that mad. Come on.
0: Right. Well, I I but I think he was supposed to be. And I think that that's part of the problem is that the the two of the uh <laughs> Anthony Anthony Mackey and um
1: Sebastian Stan
0: Sebastian Sam, uh are Stan Stan are such good friends at this point. And enjoy each other's company so much that it's hard for them to legitimately do that emotion with one another. That's funny. You're not good enough
1: actors to overcome your friendship.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't even. I don't even. I I don't even know that it's that. The director is not sitting there saying, "You didn't hit that. You guys need to be mad at each other." Right. And that's me. That's me looking at like two of my students and saying, "Okay, I know you guys are best friends off stage, but you hate each other right now. Stop it."
1: Yeah. Um, I can totally see that now that you point that out uh, that I guess I just sort of like glossed over that in my head. That wasn't enough of a moment for me to, for, for it to stick with me, but you're right. You're absolutely right.
0: Well, cause it's still lovely. Like it's just, it's pleasant to watch the two of them together. Like yep. all those things together are so much fun, yep. but, but it it just like, because they're having so much fun, it's hard to have those
1: quiet moments and take them seriously. Please tell me that you've come across the memes of, of, them being shipped of like the the homoerotic moments.
0: No, I haven't. I, dude, I have been so little on the on the <laughs> oh. internet in the last week and a half. Like. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to be catching up a lot of it. I think hopefully this next two weeks.
1: Oh God, please, please look for some of that. It is so great when they, when they get kind of thrown off of the train and they land on top of each other and they roll. And then, and someone is like, there's no, there was no reason for this except you know what? Like there's like, right, <laughs> or like when they're like, you know, he's like uh, get off of me or whatever. Like there's like a, a little flower because like, they're in grass and there's like a little flower, like in between their faces and <laughs> Someone's like, move that flower, (laughs) get that flower out of the way. Uh, And then when they're in that therapy session together and the therapist is like, get closer, get closer. And then they start (laughs) put their knees in between each other's legs. Oh God, Joe, the memes. It's hilarious. And and I think that's
0: that's why I think that that scene doesn't work is because I have a feeling there was this huge laughter fit before that scene was filmed because somebody probably Anthony Mackie said something flippant and ridiculous and they had to laugh it out for 15 minutes and then be serious. And it just didn't, it just didn't take, um, the only one I've seen is Sam saying, so do you still have the dreams? And, uh, and Bucky going, yes, all the time. And then the third frame is, Chris Evans in not another team movie when he's got the, the um, whipped cream on his chest. Oh,
1: god! That's great. Uh, <laughs> There's one that says the Falcon and the winter soldier is just a jackasses to lovers without the slow burn. And they aren't even being subtle about it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love that. Um, so I'm going to be, okay. I'm, I'm going to be, trying to share some non-spoilery stuff in the, in the slack. Cause it's just too good. Uh, what, uh, do you have any predictions for where this show what, what we might get to see in this show? Based
0: on comics. So this is, this might be spoilers guys, but based on comics, I think that, um, Oh, I'm so bad with names. <laughs> um, the, the Torres. Uh, I think Torres is gonna get um, turned into some sort of monstrous super soldier. Uh, I think um, I think that the flag smashers or at least um, Carly is going to um, become an anti-hero and not so much all about like kind of the smack upside the head that says this is not the way to do things. And then she's going to end up being not necessarily hero, but she's going to help Sam and Bucky defeat the real problem, which I think is going to be the power broker. Um, There's a lot of people mentioning um, Thunderbolt Ross um, as a potential person to, uh, who is either involved in some way or going to take over whatever, whatever, spoils they get from the power broker at the end of this. Um yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff that I see down the 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 way. I don't think we're gonna get um a young Avengers Patriot because I think America Chavez is gonna fill that role.
1: Oh interesting.
0: Um which which I think makes sense diversity-wise because we don't have a whole lot of uh, Latinx characters at this point, yeah. Um, and there's been so many people. I mean, you can see just by the people that they're peppering into the uh mix right now how many Captain America themed superheroes we've had, right? Um, you know, you've got US Agent, you've got Battlestar, you've got Patriot. Um, Sharon Carter is going to be showing up at some point. And so we haven't even started seeing where she fits into all of this. Um, Trying to see if there's anybody else on here that we didn't notice or know about beforehand. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think think that the big thing is going to be... The thing I'm kind of surprised by all is I don't know we're going to have a Captain America coming out of this. And maybe that's a good thing but oh. I would have thought we would have had some sort of young Avengers captain America.
1: I, yeah, my, I guess my expectation and kind of how I've heard this, this series described, I don't know if it's, if now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I've heard it described officially this way, but uh, this is what we're seeing is, is Sam becoming like accepting the, the, the shield and, and find you know, coming to a place where he does feel like he's worthy.
0: Mm-hmm. And if they do that, then I think Torres is going to be your new Falcon.
1: Right. Yeah. I didn't think about that until you you said you kind of gave his comic book, uh, you know, character history. And I was like, Oh shit, that's right. He could still be the Falcon. If, if, if the Falcon does end up becoming Captain America,
0: I just, um, I just hope they don't make him as, as goofy looking as he does in the, in the actual comics. Like he is very not, it's not, it's not a, an attractive character design. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let me see. I'll, while we're, while we're finishing up our conversation, I'll see if I can find a,
1: I have one note for, for the future of this show and what we might get to see. And that one note is, is Steve still alive? Is Chris Evans ever coming back?
0: I don't think he – well, I don't think he will in this series. I am not putting it – I am not saying that they're not going to bring him back in some way, shape, or form down the road, but I don't
1: think it's going to be for multiple years. Steve Rogers is alive and retired in this world, though.
0: Yes. As far as we know, there is no – he has not died yet, but he is gone completely like nobody knows where he is. He he wants everybody to look at him as if he
1: is dead. (laughs) Does he live on the moon?
0: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Well, they keep mentioning it so much that it's very possible that that's where he is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. That made me think of uh, Powers of X, House of X. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally are living on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the, the inhumans live on the mu- moon and. but right. well, we do have, so we have two older retired Captain America's in this world now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious about, you know, what, if any lip service they're going to pay to the fact that Steve does, or what more than they already have that Steve does is alive and does exist in this world as an old man. Yeah. <laughs> because he could, he could come in and solve all of this, but
0: I don't think he wants to because he doesn't want people to know he's still around. He wants and, people to think that he's died in the in the whole infinity incident.
1: Oh, interesting. And and when you say he could come in and solve this, you mean because like P, the Avengers are celebrities at this point.
0: Right. If he and, if he showed up and said, "I want the I want the shield to go to uh, Sam, or I want the shield to go to. He would have a harder time selling it to Bucky. Like mm. just popular opinion would push it that direction,
1: right? Right, um, because people are going to listen to Captain America when he talks, right? Um, so there's that, and then there's a uh, there's a really great piece that was put out yesterday on I think it was Io9 or Gizmodo, one of those. Uh, one of the writers on there, he covers a lot of like comic book stuff, like comic book media. Uh, Charles Pulliam Moore um, put out a piece that I thought was really great. That I wanted to, you know, hopefully we can we can link to mm-hmm. uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's commentary on race is too much and not enough. And yeah, I thought it was such a good take on what we're seeing so far because I think there's there's a lot of good, but I do think that there's Places where it feels ham-fisted or it's falling short. Uh, I'll just read this real quick. Each time that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier stops to ask whether you see what it's trying to do, it becomes harder to think of the show as doing much more than paying lip service to a very surface level understanding of how racism is bad. Racism is bad, and we shouldn't gloss over opportunities to remind people of that fact. But the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is in a choice position to truly add something meaningful and more dynamic to the conversation. So far, it seems wholly uninterested in living up to its potential. So um, check out that article because it's so I, I think it's really insightful. And there were some things that felt I was like, OK, this is good. And I don't know why it's not landing quite right for me. And, and I appreciate the effort and the thing that it's trying to do. But it's what? why isn't it, you know like fully landing. And when I read this, yesterday this is literally like yesterday afternoon, I was like, Oh, boom, shit. It, there it is. Like, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I encourage people to, to check that out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see where they're, they're coming up with that. And I could kind of see where the, the other thing that I, I am holding out hope for your, your concern about the flag smashers. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that both of those things are just in their infancy. Right. And how they're exactly. exploring it and kind of like where we were in WandaVision at this point going, well, like, when is all this stuff going to actually happen? I'm yes. wondering if that's what we're waiting for is for those dots to connect.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. And you may maybe this is a little bit of a, you know, instant gratification sort of reflex <laughs> that, <we, laughs> that we all kind of, you know, embody now where we're like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I
0: think it's I think it's premature to judge the um the way they're handling these big topics when they haven't finished when we haven't finished the show yet. Mm-hmm. And so to just say, oh, they're they're not handling it well, um, you know, not enough or too much, is you know, you don't you don't see the the concept fully formed. Now it's very possible that we're gonna get to the end of it and go, yeah, they missed the mark on that. Yeah, but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make that claim until I see. I,
1: I have learned my lesson with WandaVision. <laughs> I you know that's interesting because I don't know how you, I, I don't know how 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 you, each person sort of, uh, like processes this in 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 accordance or in relation to their their own identity. For me, the minute that I see a brown character on screen. <laughs> I go, first of all, cool. Mm-hmm. But my, immediately, the second thing is I start to evaluate it and see like, okay, how are they handling it? Not like, let me wait until the end of the movie to see if they did, did this character justice, which also, yes, I'm, I'm thinking about that. But also in the first scene in the introductory scene, I'm saying, how are they handling the introduction of this? Not just mm-hmm. the the whole thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't know. I don't know how, if that happens in your brain or how you approach that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, for one of the, I think one of the things that Matt and I loved about, about um, money heist that you may not have related to is how they introduced one of the characters who was gay. Mm-hmm. And a, we very rarely see a, a gay character who is, you know, bigger and bearded and, you know, is usually the very, the more refined gay. <laughs> um, and, and the fact that he was gay didn't come up until you would known the character for five or six episodes. And it had nothing. To, it wasn't like this big, seedy reveal. It was, oh, yeah, no, he's gay. Oh, okay. And we moved on. And it was like, okay, here's a gay character whose primary um, trait is not that he is gay. Right. Um
1: So when they do introduce when when a property or, or a, a show or movie does introduce a character whose primary quality is that they are gay. Do you say and wait and say, well, let's see, to, let's not make any judgments to the end. Or are you already going Oh man? Like that's like, yes, there's more to be told about this character, hopefully, but they already kind of fumbled this part.
0: Um, in most TV series. Yes. I would kind of be like, well, you know, is this character, how, how, how playing to stereotypes is this character? Are mm. you, are you, is there tokenism going on here? Right. Um, I, I think part of my thing with the M- Disney plus Marvel stuff is I don't know that I look at it as a regular TV series. Right. Cause I'm looking at it more as a mini series, like a, a, a single piece that's being released in chunks. Yeah, and so it's not so much that I, I I don't know that I measure it with
1: something that I'm going to be with for months, if not years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, and I've seen people struggle with what What are these? Are they Is it a show? Are they movies? What <laughs> you know, like what? Well, I guess it's a show, but it does feel it's a mini series, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, they even said they said with WandaVision they were making a really really long movie. That's the way they approached it. Yeah. And, and so, when when you're going into that mindset, storytelling-wise, you're going to end up with things that maybe don't pay off right away. Where, where when I watch – because, I mean, you're, you're not as big into watching TV series as I am. Right. But Matt will will be ready to get rid of a show before – episode two. Like he'll see something. He'll be like, no, I don't like this. And that's it's like, me. Well, yeah. That's me. And it's like, well, hold on because this is the pilot. And you've got to remember that pilots are there to sell the concept to the, the network that's going to be putting them out. Like it's there to basically summarize and give you the flavor of what this is. You're not going to get character development. You're not going to get, um, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of those moments where we're we're skipping reality to give you a story. So would that happen in real life? Or is that a very easy way to get through that problem? Probably because it's the pilot. Now, if they're still doing those same things two, three, five episodes in, then that's the way the series is gonna run. And you can then go, Okay, this is not this is not something I am enjoying. Yeah. But you can't, like, you really can't do it with the way at least American TV does pilots, because it's basically pilots are a, they are the book cover of the series. Right, that's
1: a good way to put it. Yeah, I I definitely feel sometimes like I want, I want my media to engage in these things that that are that are important to me and that are you know affect us in the real world, Uh, but I'm also going to critique that. Fuck out of it when you mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And I think that both things can exist. You know, we can be happy, I can be happy that they're engaging in these ideas, and I can be disappointed at, at how they're engaging with the ideas. And I and I don't really agree with people that are saying, well, hey, you you know, you can't have it both ways. I'm like, yes, I I can, I think we should demand <laughs> those things, you know. But I'm also somebody that. I can be hyper critical of the things I love and still love them. Like if I mm-hmm, really enjoy mm-hmm. something, I don't, I'm not one to sort of say, well, it can do no wrong or yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't feel the need to gloss over the things where it falls short. And, and I mean, you know, this about me, Joe, like I will be hyper fucking critical about things that I still love very mm-hmm. much, but oh, that, yeah. that critical voice never goes away from me.
0: No. And I mean, and that's, Honestly, you enjoy things more because of it.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: That's so true. <laughs> and and I, I feel like to an extent, I am the same way. I think I give things – I'm a, I'm a little bit more willing to – this drives my husband nuts. I'm a little bit more willing to just turn off the brain and go, this is where we're, what we're in for, so we're going to enjoy the ride. And and then kind of look at it with a, a deeper eye after the fact but it doesn't diminish my enjoyment as I'm going through. Um, I think that has definitely changed a little bit over the years where I have started going, okay, you know, if something really isn't egregious. I, between, <laughs> between our conversations about, um, you know, as you say, the stuff you cannot unsee. Yeah. And, and Matt's like being able to now pick out what Matt's going to say. Oh, that, <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm a little bit more tuned in to what is problematic with uh, with some of these TV shows,
1: yeah. but um, I'm I'm there with you, Matt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it drives me nuts! It's like it doesn't matter if that's not really California. It just just just, just watch the show. Just just watch the show. Like, are you enjoying oh. the story? Well, the story is fine, but it's not really it's not really New Jersey. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. That kills me. That is so great. Yes. I heavily identify with that on that. Okay. I feel a little better. I feel a little better. Thank you, Matt. In solidarity. I'm not the only one. Okay, cool. The the, the TV show Suburbia was fantastic.
0: It was such a great show. Oh no, that's not Suburbia. Um, Suburgatory. And uh, such a great show. So well written. It was supposed to take place in like the suburbs of New Jersey, and it was very clearly filmed in Southern California for all sorts of reasons. Matt could Matt has not existed and he's existed in both places. <laughs> he's existed both places, and he could not get. He still to this day refers to the fact that there are no citrus trees in New Jersey. Why the hell is there a citrus tree in this the, this episode? And it's like. Just, just you, you enjoy Daria. Just watch her. <laughs> like, <laughs> enjoy the character that you enjoy, yeah. and let the rest of it go.
1: That reminds me a little bit of when The Dark Knight was coming out, and they were releasing all this promotional material, including posters. And there was a poster. With, you know, a a lot of a a big deal was made about how Christopher Nolan wanted to ground Gotham in reality, unlike, you know, previous versions of of film Gotham. And he used Chicago as a sort of like, you know, reference point, and they even filmed in Chicago. And they released this one poster of Batman standing in, in front of this window, this in this skyscraper, and you see the city in the back, and people started to point out very clearly that it's Tokyo going. What the hell? This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, so lazy. You know, why does everyone keep praising these films when they're not really well made? Everyone knows that's Tokyo. Like, you know, couldn't you change it? Oh my God, this bullshit. And then you watch the movie and you realize there's a whole scene in Tokyo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. It's like, there's also, like, people also have to understand that, that sometimes the, the, the people who make these films have to, Make sacrifices to get them made, right? Like that's something we also have to keep in mind. I'm not talking about being, you know, lazy story wise or everything, but there are things that have to be just for money. Money reasons just are not necessarily doable all the time. I, I have a, a friend who is an artistic director for for TV shows. Like he's like that's what he he does, and he's talked about how you will. They will spend all this time setting up a scene and getting everything to look like it's in Chicago when it's being filmed in downtown LA. And then right. the director comes in and goes, but we can't film it that direction because of lighting and this and that and the other thing. And so they have to scramble, but they only have so much time before they can get it to where it needs to be. And so then you know so that vine that you don't that doesn't look real <laughs> gets put on there <laughs> because they have to get it done or filmed. otherwise we're just never going to get that episode
1: right <laughs> Oh man that's true that's true I, I you know especially with the for me it's 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 the the race stuff that I'm mm-hmm, just oh, mm-hmm. like it just oh the political stuff right just I sh- I guess by now I should know better but i you know just can't help being like oh not not like that like i appreciate the effort but you know let's let's do better and uh yeah yeah there's a lot of things that factor into that
0: yeah and i and i think i think at the same time uh, what i'm talking about is a lot more the um the physical stuff it's not necessary
1: st- story like like nothing is an excuse for lazy storytelling true very true yeah. And I think also as Marvel fans, I mean, we've come to expect a certain, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, like a certain level of quality when it comes to the story and the characters. Mm-hmm. So that can also be a double edged sword in and of itself. Right. Where right. like, yeah, I mean, we care about these characters, which is what they want. So, uh, yeah, I I this is why I kind of go out of my way to to seek out the commentary and especially the the critical stuff of the things that I love cuz I'm like I want that lens. I want another mm-hmm. take on this. I want something else to chew on. You know, and and sort of like see where my blind spots are that I'm not even aware of. Well, we talk about that all the time.
0: I mean, even just in this episode, like you might not look at a gay character on um on a show the same way I would not look at a non-white character on a show. Right. Because, because that we're, we're coming from it with different lenses. And so, yeah, I agree with you. That's why I do like to go onto social media and see how other people are seeing it, because I'm not going to catch everything, because I'm
1: just yeah. not, I'm not used to looking at it through that lens. And, you know, the fact that it's only six episodes kind of makes me sad, but it also kind of makes me excited, because it, it means that they don't have a lot of room to spare. Right, and they're not going to give us—they're not
0: going to give us fluff. Everything that they're putting in there is for a reason. It's for exactly. to move the story forward. And I do have to say, this is a very streamlined. I don't ever get bored. I don't ever so feel true. Like, oh my god, when is the scene going to be over? Unlike a, another thing that we have watched recently, where there were long stretches where I'm like, I'm going to check my email now <laughs> until this slow pan is over oh twenty god. minutes from now. <laughs>
1: I was just thinking when you were like, yeah, you know, Marvel is, these are miniseries and it's like a whole movie that we're getting in chunks. And I'm like, why don't they just release the whole movie all cut together <laughs> but just separate it into parts? That seems like so much, <laughs> that seems popular lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And we see, well, I'll, I'll tell you why. The reason why is they want you to keep subscribing to Disney Plus and they don't want you to binge it and then renew when the next series comes out
1: right what are we getting I, I don't know I'm looking ahead I can't help it because uh, this this series you're it is so watchable for me it flows um I just love spending time with these characters I love you know the the I think i I, I tweeted this recently the action scenes in the Falcon and the winter Soldier are the least best part of this show for me so far-hmm
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um And so I'm really enjoying the, just the flow of each episode. And I'm wondering now, because it is only six episodes. And I don't think I realized that until I started doing my research this morning. What, uh, what's up next? I think Loki, isn't it? Good Lord. Dad, we're so spoiled. We
0: are very spoiled. We are Jeez. exceptionally spoiled and I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, like, and, I- and I'm rewatching the MCU right now. <laughs> I I wish I could go back to like
0: junior high Joe and just be like, I'm not going to spoiling anything for you, but the stuff that you're into now, you're not going to have any clue how deep they're going to dive into this stuff in the future. Like your, your time pouring through these like Marvel ultimate hand guide, encyclopedias of, of character stuff. Right. You're going to have use for this in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. One of the, you know, I, I, speak to students, I speak to high school students regularly as part of my job because I'm, I'm pitching our school or art school to them. And one of the things I love to say in my presentations is, you know, a little bit about my backstory. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a comic book artist. And, you know, if you're thinking about whether or not, You know, art is a viable career path or, you know, whether uh, what job security is going to look like and that sort of thing. Just keep in mind, you know, when I said that I wanted to be (laughs) a comic book artist drawing Marvel comics for the rest of my life. People didn't know what Marvel was. It wasn't like, you know, people know what Thanos is now and the Infinity Gauntlet. And I had no concept that that would be reality when I was a teenager and and setting my sights on this as a career. So you never know (laughs) where things are
0: going. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because it's like, like Thanos is a great example because that's something that you and I would sit and talk about. And yep. we would be like totally geeking out about it because we are like, oh my god, this is a deep dive. Yep. You would never, you would bring up like if you wanted to talk to a a, a muggle uh, <laughs> about about comic books, you'd talk about Wolverine, you'd talk about Spider Man, mm. you talk about Superman and Batman. Like mm. that's where you kind of that's like you could maybe get into the X Men if it was past the '90s cartoon and they had watched it on Saturday mornings, right?
1: Right. We immediately alienated everyone else in the room when I first noticed your Onslaught poster. Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> we had a deep discussion about
0: that character. Well, the number of students that would walk in students, the people who are supposed to be like eating this stuff up like nobody's business would look up at my poster and go, "Who's that?" <laughs> "Oh, that's Onslaught." Okay. <laughs> and that like, and, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't push it. Go, well, do you want to know who it is? Like if they asked, you're like, okay, let me tell you. can <laughs> Get all right. excited now. But right. you don't push that because you, you was a, a, as a nerd growing up in the eighties and nineties learned mm-hmm. <laughs> that you keep that stuff. You keep that on the inside voice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because right. nobody it's wants a- to know
1: about that stuff. Right. Exactly. I've had people that have known me for years go, Hey, I, I- listen to one of your podcasts. I'm like, Oh cool. And they just kind of give this look like I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, we are pretty spoiled. It's pretty cool to see, to get, to even get a television show. That's, that's just the Falcon and the winter soldier.
0: Mm-hmm. I was thinking and, about that this morning. I was yeah. like, what, you know, what last, last time it was Agatha Harkness and white vision. Yes. Like, this yeah. time it's it's the falcon and winter soldier which are not they like have huge story arcs in the comic books but you don't know that they don't show up in your your mainstream
1: stuff very often exactly and you get you get a cameo from rody aka war machine in the beginning of the first episode mhm yeah it's pretty nuts
0: i mean this is basically sidekicks assemble
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's great that marvel's at a point where they can pull off you know stuff like this
0: yeah which Uh, which i just i just want to turn to warner brothers dc and uh, go shame on you Yeah, (laughs) shame on you you didn't even have to follow the same pattern you just had to treat it with a little bit of
1: respect and just take your time with it
0: and it would have been fine but you couldn't do that (laughs)
1: Well, you know the the number one trending hashtag uh, this past week with uh, two million posts, which is the most that any hashtag has ever been posted. It was restore the Snyderverse. Just putting that out there. Uh,
0: well, okay, but but is it but is it the same people who are all cheering the the Joker line that everybody cringed at?
1: Like, right? I don't think it's people. I, I think it's bots. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, I love, yeah, that. That, I was love it. that was in the news that was the news recently so oh, okay. we're gonna we're probably gonna be doing a different topic next week not sure what yet and then no, we're we gonna be re- we're gonna be revisiting the falcon and the winter soldier every two episodes yes yeah i
0: think that's the best way to do it because i don't feel like this is <laughs> a we've learned our lesson from wandavision that we're not gonna nope. we're not gonna expect mephisto to pop out at every turn <laughs> um although it's very possible that uh, that the flag smashers are just a bunch of mephistos it's definitely <laughs> a possibility right i'm putting my i'm putting
1: my feather in that that they're gap. each they, they're each one of his toes and he's going yes. to
0: reclaim <laughs> <end> them <laughs> sitting there to get his <laughs> feedback <laughs> and two of them are going to turn out to be Wiccan <laughs> and speed yep <laughs> um yeah, so I think we learned the lesson that we're not going to go into all this theory crafting like we did. We're just going to enjoy what's there. And kind of, I think, I feel like in this episode, it was like, so here's all this. Here's all the stuff that we don't normally talk about with normal people because they roll their eyes. But yep. you're here listening to it so that we will do that. Yep. So, um, you know, we'll explain that. I think, uh, did you, did you look at the, the Lieutenant Torres um, Falcon?
1: Not yet. It, it's, <laughs> I saw you sent the link, and I'm like, okay. Do it, I, do I, wanna, I just I
0: just did the image search, and and he's oh just, okay, like it's it's not a good character design. I hope oh. they go a different direction. Wow, this looks fairly. Is he a fairly recent character? Uh, I well, I think he came onto the scene when Falcon became Captain America. Okay, which wasn't terribly long ago.
1: Yeah, I can see how they're trying to do something different from the existing Falcon costume in the comics. And so they're already kind of starting from the not not best place. No. Oh, yeah. he's got like actual like wings growing out of him.
0: Yeah, no, that's why I'm saying he's going to be like, there's going to be like some Hulk experiment type thing that he's going to get himself into. Because he's already gone rogue and gone off on his own once. So like, I don't see that not repeating itself, but yeah, he gets real wings. And then
1: I think he's got like weird eye things going on. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see where they go with it.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. (laughs) All right. So we should probably go to the show notes and see what there is. Do you have any shout outs for this week?
1: Um, you know, just a shout out, and I've shouted them out before, but the community online, uh, hero movies, dead or alive, uh, those folks really bring a lot to my enjoyment, uh, of all, all geeky you know, media experiences, whether it's, it's the Snyder cut or, you know, Marvel Disney plus stuff. It's just, it's, it's been a group that I've been spending more and more time in and it's a lot of fun. So they always have good comments. They always have good insights. They always have good jokes and memes. Uh, so shout out to that group once again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a shout out to our um, as the dice roll cast for cautious optimism. Just because I have, I have something to talk about each of them really quickly. Uh, Bama Shocks had something to weigh in on. He said, "High level thoughts. A lot of time and effort is going into the storytelling of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I like how they gave the new Cap a backstory of sorts, but John Walker is not as likable of a character as Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. He might end up being the antagonist in an episode for Bucky and Sam."
1: it makes me that's yeah that's a great comment it makes me wonder if they purposely cast for someone who was not going to be very likable
0: Oh yeah, I, I definitely think they were. I definitely think they were because I mean that's the whole point. Like he does end up redeeming himself and becoming an Avenger at some point because U.S. Yeah. Agent is I think I, another West Coast Avenger.
1: Um, Whoa! I also <laughs> I also heard that he uh, White Russell uh, his first audition ever was for Steve Rogers when they back when they were first casting the role. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then they looked at his chin and went, "No, that's not going to happen." <laughs> i'm sorry that oh. was that was shallow i apologize <laughs> that's <was> so good um <laughs> uh, but the other two people i have to shout out i in an hour i'm gonna be less than an hour gonna be on a podcast with uh raven from and ej from girls gone Wild. so if you are a world of warcraft person uh tune into this week's episode and you'll get to hear more of me and then um our friend kelly hightower uh, is now officially part of the geek to geek Network. She has mm-hmm. officially moved her her podcast Mating Habits of the Modern Geek over to the geek to geek Network. So we are we are very excited that she's here because she's been a friend of ours for years now. Mm-hmm. So all right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound, is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at Bensound.com geek 2 Geek is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows, such as the geek to geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, and sometimes Rob, and our newest podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek with the wonderful Kelly Hightower. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and BamaShocks, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at Geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude, or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you?
1: I am at Ray Vargas three on multiple social media sites. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm spending more and more time on Slack these days, which is a lot of fun. Uh, And if you want to take a look at my artwork, you can go to raveargus3.com. Yes, definitely check it out. It's very, very cool stuff. Um,
0: So yeah, get get talking to us on social media and in Mm -hmm. Slack. Mm -hmm. And until next week, keep it geek.